This is Bob Morris in Desert Horticulture. Today we'll be discussing asparagus and why it might have failed, dwarf magnolias and why they're dropping their leaves, and why a five-year-old apricot tree came out nicely in the spring and then suddenly dropped its leaves. All this and more on today's Desert Horticulture. Learn more about Desert Horticulture by signing up for my blog, Extreme Horticulture of the Desert. That's all one word, Extreme Horticulture, and starting with an X. Take some of my classes on Eventbrite if you're in the Las Vegas area. That's Bob Morris on Eventbrite. I put a lot of effort into planting asparagus. I have a large planted area, but no asparagus. I planted Mary Washington this year and many times in the past, but I have had no luck. Are the trees nearby this area competing with them too much? Well, I've done a lot of asparagus. I've grown a lot of asparagus over the years. It was one of those crops that I knew was going to be quite, quite prolific, produce well in the desert that does in the Imperial Valley, California. It does in the hot, arid regions. In fact, University of California, Riverside developed a variety called UC-157 years ago and improved upon it and uh, it's, a, it's a good variety <clears throat> of asparagus. But I planted about 15 different varieties and never had any problem. But I made sure that that soil drained. That was the key. The, the crowns, I, I did it two different ways. I planted them from seed and I also planted some from crowns uh, over a period of probably five or six years. And they're still producing today. A good asparagus bed will have no, no problems uh, lasting for 25 years or longer. But asparagus uh, likes to, likes water. It likes rich soil, but it also likes to be, have its tootsies out on the dry side as well. It likes to have that, it likes stream banks. It does, it, when it escaped in Nevada, it uh, escaped along the, the irrigation stream banks <clears throat> And they did quite nicely because they could have access to that moisture from the irrigation water and the canals, but they could also have uh, their crowns up into the dry soils as well. And that's going to be a key. First of all, I, I wonder why you're planting Mary Washington. I, I know it's, I've never planted it. But I do know that uh, it's not a terribly good producer. And after looking at about 15 varieties of asparagus, um, there's not a whole lot of difference in the green types of asparagus when you're growing them. And if you're looking for volume, you're, you're better off with, uh, with some of that are more, for the Mojave Desert, some that are a little bit more heat adapted and uh, those, spear, those spears, when they came up, you know, it's, it's part of the lily family. And so when it first comes up, it comes up as a spear. And that spear comes up, and as it gets a certain height or temperature or length, it starts to unfold. It starts to unfold, and it's called ferning out. It begins to fern. And those side brackets begin to develop. So you want to uh, harvest asparagus when it's still tight. Uh, when those spears are still tight and they haven't yet broken yet. You know, if you're doing it for your home, <clears throat> for the home of, 
for home consumption, it doesn't make a, a lot of difference. But if you're doing it for the farmer's market or you're trying to sell it somewhere, it's going to make a, a difference. People aren't going to like those spears that are starting to open up. But uh, when, when you're trying to grow, when you're growing uh, asparagus, I'd stay with uh, like the UC-157 and the improved types, the F, F2s and all of those. Uh, they, they'll hold the spear longer, better than some of the Jersey types uh, developed at Rutgers. Uh, they do okay, they, and you just got to harvest them a little bit earlier. Uh, they, well, they do quite well, actually. I've, I've grown about four different kinds of Jersey types. The, the University of California, uh, 157 types, Purple Passion, Ginger, uh, a number of the other uh, types as well. And they, they all perform uh, about the same, with the exception of the purple types. The purple types do produce a little bit higher sugar content, so they're a little bit sweeter. They're not as uh, heavy producer as the green types, and they're fun to have uh, just because they, the spears come up purple. Like Purple Passion, for instance, is one that I, I grew for a long time and, and really liked it. I didn't put a lot of it in, but I had some present. As far as, as, far as the spears not coming up, as far as having a failure, and I'm assuming that you planted these from crowns. You bought crowns, and the advantage of crowns is that, over starting from seed, is that the crowns uh, usually are selected and for all male types. And so asparagus will come into male, female, and kind of a her hermaphrodite kind of a cross between the two as well in there. But generally speaking, the, the male types are higher producers because they don't set the seed that the female types do. And so when you're starting it from seed, you'll, you'll want to rogue out, plant it about twice as dense as you need it, and then rogue out the females, you know, and then keep the females out of there. Uh, as you see, berries starting to be produced in, the, uh, in towards late summer, mid to late summer, and they start to flower. You can't tell by looking at the flowers, but Certainly the berries are, are, are a dead giveaway if it's a female or not. But anyway, uh, with that, getting back to your asparagus, while you had failure, my guess is either they were planted too deep, they were watered too often, um, <clears throat> and or the, the drainage of the soil was really bad. I've ran into two situations now. One I was heavily involved with, and I knew that the soil, the soil did not drain very well, but the owners of the property brought in some soil, some amended soil, mounted up on top of it, built up oh, 8, 10, 12 inches on uh, soil, and then went in and put in asparagus crowns, bought the crowns. And I knew when we planted them we were going to possibly have problems because uh, that soil at the bottom just didn't drain didn't drain at all. The soil on top was fine, but you know, it's when the water goes down through the soil, it hits that layer where it doesn't drain very well and it just backs up like a sewer. It backs up and it starts to rot the crowns in one particular row at all. The, the asparagus right now is struggling and it's struggling. Uh, there's probably uh, six or eight rows that were put in, good sized rows and they're struggling because of the water content. And 
<clears throat> the other unfortunate part about it was uh, that this whole area was uh, watered all the same. So all the potatoes, the onions are watered the same. It wasn't my decision. I wouldn't have done that. Uh, in fact, I suggested that they put some small valves. This is all done with drip irrigation. Uh, some of the inline drip emitters, 12-inch spacings on it uh, to water these beds. But uh, And I suggested putting in uh, some valves, manual valves, on these lines if they were going to do it that way. So just so they could turn the water off, but uh, it was decided against that. Um, that reasoning was was not thought by. But anyway, getting back to your point, it's really a drainage, most likely a drainage problem. And that soil moisture sensor I've mentioned in the past, you can, the uh, the ones for house plants aren't very good, but you can get a pretty good one from Lincoln, uh, soil moisture sensors. Uh, that are going to, they're a little bit pricey, they're going to run you about $100 thereabouts <clears throat> on Amazon, but you can order that and just make sure you adjust it, but you can measure the soil moisture content about where those crowns are located. The other thing that you can do, it's not a bad thing if you're a careful gardener, if you're a gardener that stays on top of things, and that's putting some, about three asparagus crowns inside of a 15-gallon nursery container. I'd put a layer of soil on the bottom, uh, amended soil, it drains really well, and then uh, put the crowns inside there as well, fairly close together. It's going to be closer than the 12 inches apart that, that's recommended. But uh, I would try to probably get two or three crowns in there, maybe at some point dividing them and and uh, as they get larger. But anyway, put those crowns inside there. Get them about, always when you're, when you're filling soil in nursery containers, leave about an inch on the, on the upper surface, uh, just under the lip, so that you can fill it with water and it'll come out the bottom. So what you'll want to have with asparagus is you'll, they'll want to have access to that water, but they'll want to have that drainage. So make sure that the soil is consistent top to bottom, the same type of soil, so that drains well, and then uh, put in uh, several inches of soil on the bottom, then the crowns, and then fill the rest of it six, eight, about eight, ten inches deep uh, with the rest of the soil on top of that. The crowns uh, have enough storage in them, they'll, they'll uh, burst through the soil, no problems at all when they're, after they're planted and they begin to warm up. You know, in nursery containers too, the nice thing about them is you can move them around. And if you move them around into uh, locations, let's say, where there's sunlight, they're gonna, the spears are going to come up that much earlier. You're going to have spears probably maybe even in late December, January. Uh, it's possible in the Mojave Desert, at least in January, You'll, you'll see spears starting to come up if that sun is warming the outside of that container. If you want to delay them for a while or put a few containers in the shade, it'll delay those spears from coming up, and the spears will last longer uh, as well. Uh, you can harvest for about two months after the spears start coming up, and then you've got to just let the rest of them go ahead and, and fern out and rebuild for the next year. But in, in this case, I think... Uh, what you're really looking at is either a drainage problem or watering too often with it. And measure the soil moisture 
make sure that the soil moisture is what it's supposed to be uh, and it's drying but somewhat drying between irrigations and don't keep it too wet so anyway uh, fertilize it once in the spring uh, you and after you knock the crowns down after excuse me after you knock the spears down that from from the winter growth uh, go ahead and then just put some an application of compost on the top of it and water it in fertilizer uh, and you'll be on your way but watch that watering okay remember they like stream beds I have two dwarf magnolia trees in my courtyard in front of the house they started dropping leaves and they're kind of scarecrow looking what do I do well I'm uh, first of all you've got to realize I hope you'll realize you don't have to realize it I hope you'll realize that this is not magnolia country if you were to grow magnolias I would look at uh, more of the western adapted type of magnolias rather than southern magnolia I think you probably got little gem or one of the dwarf southern magnolia types that you're growing back there and I hope to heck you're not growing it in rock. I, this, uh, this type of plant really likes uh, eastern soils. It likes amended soils. It likes good drainage. And that's going to be very important for it. The, the primary reason for leaf drop in any plant is, uh, is a lack of water, number one. In other words, the soil's got too dry. Number two, if you keep the soils wet, if you irrigate too often and that soil moisture stays wet, 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 you can cause the leaves to start to drop, but usually they'll start to yellow first. They may scorch just like it's being underwatered, but they'll usually yellow and then they'll drop. So don't plant uh, these southern magnolias, the, the dwarf type. When I've worked with southern magnolia in the past, um, it just depends where they're planted. They've usually done better when they're growing in lawns. Now, keep in mind, I'm not recommending Southern Magnolia for this area, but if you've got to have one and you bought one, try to put it on the north or the east side, a little bit of protection from the late afternoon sun, and then amend that soil. And I'd put wood chips down at the base, keeping the wood chips away from the trunk a uh, good uh, eight, 10 inches away just so that it doesn't rot the trunk. Um, so, good luck with it. Um, <clears throat> the uh, Southern Magnolias enjoy them while they can, but usually they'll do okay for a while and then they'll start to, start to show problems a little bit later on. So anyway, uh, also when you're irrigating these, just make sure that the water is spread evenly under the entire tree. So when you're irrigating the tree, and it's a, let's say it's a five gallon or 15 gallon when you're first planting, you know, two, two emitters, two drip emitters is usually enough under that tree for the first two years, and then bump it up to four emitters uh, in a square pattern, about 12 inches from the trunk. And then as it gets larger, then increase the number of bubblers as well. And if you do that, because as the tree gets larger, it's going to use more water. And so you'll want to give it more water. And the way to do that is by giving it more water, um, more water by adding more drip emitters. 
you can keep the 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 time pretty much the same the number of minutes pretty much the same so as long as you're adding drip emitters you're going to be giving that plant more water and just spread it over a larger area because that tree is going to get bigger as well so well, when you're watering the soil beneath the tree get it to water at least a half of the area under the canopy or more so if you've got drip emitters up to half of the area under the canopy you'll probably be fine with that amend the soil don't forget to do that compost it add something amend it in our desert soils typically don't have much organic matter and when we're talking about magnolia which is an eastern tree um, for the most part they do like to have amended soils so uh, amended soils watch your water don't water it too often uh, and uh, use wood chip mulch okay we've got a five-year-old apricot tree previously it's always seemed happy but this year it leafed out beautifully then it started dropping its leaves apricots are still on the tree but not developed yet then this week half of the branches on one side are leafless what's going on I did get some pictures of this tree and uh, it's true uh, half of that tree dropped its leaves and the other half didn't usually again when we're talking about leaf drop it's usually a lack of water so if there was a time when water was not available to the tree and it became the soil became too dry then it can respond by dropping its leaves it'll drop it you know and this is probably the worst time of the year that time of the year this is sent in in April uh, May rather and uh, it probably dropped its leaves early it's the the people said it still had fruit on the tree so it dropped its uh, leaves probably in in March sometime leaving uh, the leaves uh, uh, leaving the fruit on the tree that's about the worst time that you can possibly have leaf drop on a tree of any kind is is in the spring because usually those leaves that's a safety mechanism the leaves are are in the buds on the branches and so then the leaves come out so most of those buds have have gone ahead and 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 developed into leaves and new shoots and now if it drops those leaves it's going to have to reform buds adventitiously unless it's got some backup buds somewhere and flush out again if you're going to have leaf drop it's better later in the year like late summer after the buds have already set up for next year because it's going to flush out those buds are going to are going to break and and still uh, pull water from the roots up through the trunk of the tree and that's the problem that you have when a tree drops its leaves there's not a whole heck of a lot pulling water up through the trunk the roots trunk into the limbs and as temperatures get warmer this year thank goodness it didn't but as temperatures get warmer the demand for that water is more and more and more 
As it gets hotter and hotter, it's more and more and more. So uh, anyway, uh, bad time of the year. Uh, again, check the soil moisture of that and don't let it dry out. Don't water it too often either. So I would say in about February, if it's a normal so soil, you've had this tree for five years, but I wouldn't water it more than once a week and make sure that the water gets down 18 inches deep when you do water with it, but water it once a week in about February, then about in April, bump it up to twice a week. And that's also a possibility is if we had a hot spell where the soil was drying out faster than water was put on and you weren't careful about adjusting your controller to take care of that, it's possible it could have dried out. Very possible. Especially if it was covered in bare soil and it had a chance to lose the water through the bare soil and there wasn't a mulch, either a rock mulch, heaven forbid, a wood chip mulch or something on the surface to slow that loss of water into the surrounding air. So anyway, watch your soil moisture content. Hope for the best. I've seen trees when it stayed cool, hang in there for a long time, and then suddenly flush out again. So uh, it should flush out. Don't worry about it. You should have more leaf development on it, on that side. Uh, it's a little too early in the year for borers, insect borers, um, but it's a possibility. Usually we don't see damage from borers, although we might see it on one side of the tree, we don't usually see it until it starts to get hot. But it is a possibility, and that's something you should do, is look at the trunk and limbs and see if there's anything wrong with those, with those limbs as well. But those are probably my best suggestions. I would probably get a sprinkler on the end of a hose and just uh, once a week uh, just sprinkle the area under the tree about a six to eight foot in diameter for about an hour and then turn it off about once a week and see if the tree responds to that. If it does respond then you'll know it was a lack of water. If it doesn't respond then it could be in some insect damage or sunburn or something on that side of the tree that caused it to die. But in any case it'll spring back. That's it for today. I hear the music being played telling me to hurry up and get out of here. Take care. 